Welcome to the first episode of The Square. You know, there's actually a whole group of people behind this audio and video podcast. And when we sat down several months ago to begin to think through what this could be, we knew we wanted to highlight great projects and talk to designers and architects that were thought leaders and, and really get at the core of what it means to have human-centric design. But what we didn't think was that the first episode was gonna be in my spare bedroom. Because of the ongoing COVID crisis, that's where it is, and it's important to us that the square is, is relevant and applicable to the current time. So today we're gonna to talk to an expert in the field of workplace strategy about what it means to be working from home. That's, it's been a big effect of the, the current pandemic that most of the workforce now um, is working from home. And so we're gonna to talk to Emily Strain, who's a VP at Corgan, um, about how to cope with that, both from an individual level and some tips and tricks to not go and stir crazy, but also from a corporate level, what it means to have a workforce that is now, instead of in one central location, spread out across the country. So with me today is Emily Strain, who's a VP at Corrigan and the Director of Workplace Strategy, to kind of talk through not only some of the strategies we can have, but why work from home may be a better trend moving forward. Thanks for being here, Emily. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, I am coming to you from my living room. <laughs> you were also working from home. So even before the coronavirus, there seemed to kind of be a shift towards working from home becoming kind of an increasingly popular option. Um, why is that? So I would say that's the case for some organizations, but obviously not for all. I mean, you have to be able to do your job away from the building um, to be able to work from home. But I think it's really kind of two things. The first is that technology has enabled us to do so. So it's not just things like laptops, but um, platforms and software that allows us to collaborate better um, than we could even a few years ago. So I think that has just increased the amount of um, ability that people have to be able to work from home. So I think that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, in the demographics that we're seeing making up the workplace today, we're seeing a large amount of millennials, obviously, um, and one of the things that's the most important to them is flexibility. And it's not just the millennials that, that care about flexibility. I think everybody cares about it, right? Um, and so I think once you combine that need and desire for flexibility with the um, enablement of technology, um, that's why I think we have an increase in people starting to work from home um, on a regular ba basis when there's not a virus happening. It seems like some companies may be reluctant, uh, even if they are able to allow their employees to work from home. Why is that? I think there's a couple of reasons. Um, one is when you work from home, you miss that kind of spontaneous interaction that I ran into you in the break room and, oh, I forgot to reply to your email kind of moment. And I think a lot of leaders know that you miss that. Um, so that's one reason. I think another reason too um, is, you know, there might be some trust issues for some companies. Um, there's kind of this mentality of if I can't see you, you're not working. But again, I think that technology is really changing that. I mean, I can see if you're online, you can see if I'm online and what we're doing. Um, so, so really we see that being less of an issue for organizations. 
And then sometimes I think that um, not everybody has the ability to be able to work from home within an organization. And so you can create this haves and have nots. Um, you know, why does one group get the privilege of working from home and another group doesn't? So there's really a lot of different factors, but I would say even before, you know, the, the situation that we're currently in, almost every single one of our clients was wrestling with this in some way. I think we're at kind of this interesting inter, uh, intersection of technology enabling us to do something um, and then the old styles of working kind of being in conflict with that. And, and I think organizations are wrestling with it. You had mentioned kind of early on the, the loss of this spontaneous spark that you get when you're in close proximity to people. So for, for companies that have a culture where that's important, how do they thrive, whether it's a work from home that is a necessity like during this pandemic or a work from home that's wanting to show options to employees to be able to be flexible with their lifestyles, how, how do they keep that? Yeah, I think, you know, there's no perfect substitute right now for face-to-face -face interaction, but there are some really good technology platforms out there um, and they're increasing. I think what's interesting when you think about the tools that are currently available is that they're really designed to support people meeting together face to face and then kind of accommodating, if you will, remote workers or people who are working from home. I mean, ask anybody who's ever been on a conference call where you weren't in the room and everybody else was. It's like the worst experience ever. And hopefully after this, everybody can be a little bit more empathetic about what that's like to be on a, to be the only one on a conference call. Yeah. Uh, since that's all, that's how we're all collaborating now. Um, and so I think that hopefully tools will continue to increase to be able to support that collaboration. Um, and then maybe one day someone will think of something genius that, that brings that, that spark and that spontaneous interaction that we're missing right now. So there's no doubt that the COVID-19 epidemic is kind of forcing companies to adopt this strategy, whether they want to or not. Um, what are some of the pros and cons of the fact that it's having to be forced on them versus you know maybe taking 12 months to 24 months to kind of roll it out? Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious con here, right, is that not every company was set up to be able to work from home. So from an infrastructure standpoint, I, I can imagine um, that that must have been very, very difficult um, for some. So that's a huge con. I think another, um, another issue that we're experiencing right now is people don't know kind of what's okay and what's not okay. I mean, you're looking at me, I'm sitting in my living room. My child is sleeping over there in the next room. If he cries, is that, is that okay? Can I go get him? Um, I mean, I'm going to <laughs> if he does, just so you know. But um, So I think some of this kind of invasion into people's private world, what's okay, what's not? Is it okay for me to go take a walk outside at three o'clock? Is it, do I need to be on my computer at eight? So some of the etiquette around how we engage um, in this sort of weird digital world, I don't think is defined yet. Versus is if you were to roll out a program over, like you said, 12 to 24 months, you would have an entire team of people um, from an HR perspective, leadership perspective, figuring out, okay, what are sort of the, you know, the boundaries and, and the rules here that we wanna have of engagement? So that I think could be an issue. Those are a lot of the, you know, the cons and the challenges. What are some of the, the good things that'll come out of having to do this basically over a weekend? 
Well, I don't know if you're familiar with the term fail fast, <laughs> um, but essentially the faster you can fail, I think the more innovative you can be, right? So we're learning things every day. The world is literally changing at an unprecedented pace and it's sort of forcing us to be agile. It's forcing us to be innovative. Um, and I think that's kind of growing everybody's um, you know, ability to kind of trust each other and to problem solve, which is amazing for companies. Um, I also think that it sort of reminds everybody that we're all human beings. Um, luckily, Brandon, we work for a company that I don't feel like this is the case. I feel like everybody treats everybody really well where we work, but I've worked with enough organizations to know that sometimes that isn't always, always the case. And so I think that something like this has kind of made us take a step back and think, okay, how can we have a little bit of empathy here for each other? How can we take care of our fellow coworkers? Um, and, what, and what's the best way to sort of deal with this as a culture? I, I overheard someone refer to working from home kind of as the new normal. And I, I, I struggle with that because, you know, I, uh, while it won't leave as quickly as it came, I do think that the, you know, we'll push through and power through the, the COVID-19 crisis. But I'm curious what elements of work from home you think will stay and are kind of here as a result of an aftermath of this and which ones will go. Yeah, I'm with you. I struggle in the fact that I think it's a little too soon to make predictions about you know the future since this thing is just so unknown at the time. Um, but what I do think is that it will change how people engage with each other. So I think that leaders might be a little bit more open to flexibility, realizing that employees can be productive when they work um, in different places other than just the office. And I think employees will realize that, you know what, the office is kind of good. You know, I think there's a little bit of this grass is greener on the other side. Um, I've had a lot of people that I'm friends with reach out to me and say, I cannot wait to go back to work where I can get some stuff done and I don't have these kids running around and I can like focus. Um, I think people are really missing that sense of community and that's what the office has to bring. So I'm imagining a world that is a little bit more kind of fluid where people can do what they need to do and leaders trust them and then but they also there's also trust coming back that people are going to show up and be where they need to be in order to get their job done. How can companies best equip their employees to handle this change? I think that it's really important to make sure that leadership is approaching employees with empathy. Um, this is a weird time. And so making sure that you're putting yourself in the shoes of your employees who are all coming with you know, different health concerns, different backgrounds, different people to take care of, um, and as flexible and as kind that we can be to each other, I think is extremely important. Um, another thing is clear and concise communication. Having one place where people can go and find what they need to find. Corgan's been great about this. We have a SharePoint site set up where you can go and find any information that you need to. You know exactly who you need to contact if you have a question. Um, mm. I read a study the other day that said 54% of people are expecting their employers to inform them about the virus. They're looking to that above even the wow. news sources that are coming out. Yeah, crazy, That's huh? crazy. I think, I know, I know. And so I think just making sure that you're communicating with your employees in a clear and concise way is extremely important. And then, you know, when you have employees that they don't have an option to work from home, I think just making sure that you're showing gratitude and appreciation for them. I mean, these are our true heroes right now, right? The people that are kind of on the front lines um, in the healthcare industry 
taking care of people um, or our workers who are serving at restaurants or at the grocery store even. So I think making sure that employers are showing that kind of appreciation to those true heroes in this time is really important. It's funny, I, I've noticed, um, I have seen my neighbors more outside in the last week and a half than maybe the last year and a half combined. Um, it's, it's kind of pushed a lot of people outside. I've gotten to be outside with my kids, so there's definitely some, some silver lining to the whole thing. How can working from home play into an overall wellness strategy for the employees in a time of crisis? Yeah, so I think there's a couple things that you want to do when you're working from home to make sure that you're focusing on both your emotional and your mental health. Um, so making sure that you are taking time to do something that you love every day I think is really important. So for me, I really love yoga. I've been getting up early in the morning and doing that. Um, I think getting outside, like you mentioned, is crucial. And I, too, have seen the same thing. I've met neighbors that I didn't even know that I had. Um, <laughs> not because we're not outside a lot, but because they're not. Um, and so making sure you're getting outside, getting physical activity, I think is really important. And then connecting with people as much as possible. Um, stay, obviously, as far away as you're supposed to, right? Six feet. Um, but make sure that you are able to connect with people in a social way. I just think that's so crucial at a time like this. We as human beings are pack animals. And one of our trends that we came out with this year before COVID was that the office is really for community. Um, and this idea of a space that brings people together and unites them around a common goal with a common culture, um, I think can be kind of wrapped up in who people's identity, it, you know, who people are. And when you take that away, um, I think it can be a little jarring for people. So making sure that you're keeping that culture and that connection online um, with your coworkers, with your friends, with your family is really important for your mental health. Um, okay, we've talked a lot about kind of some conceptual ideas and, 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 and the, the process of, of work from home. Let's talk about some practical tips. So um, you sent me this file, this graphic, so tell me a little bit about kind of some, some practical tips for employees as they kind of start a work from home life. Yeah, so as workplace strategists and designers, whenever we approach the design of a corporate office space, um, there's a few key things that we do kind of regardless of who the client is that are just like good best practices. So one of those is access to natural light. You wanna set your desk up somewhere where you can see outside, where you have natural light coming in. Super important um, for your mental health, also good for your eyesight, helps reduce um, strain and fatigue. Um, the other thing is, especially if you don't have access to good natural light, having like a task light or a lamp, something like that next to you um, can also okay. be beneficial. Homes tend to be darker than workspaces. Um, they tend to have less foot candles, just that's the way residences are designed. And so making sure that you have that extra light support is really important. Comfortable chair, cannot say this enough. If you have the ability to stand, that would be great. Um, half the day I spend standing at my kitchen island, which is taller. The other half I spend sitting at my desk. Um, so making sure you're kind of getting up and moving around is um, another important thing. And then I love to have like little things that I love around my desk. So one thing you cannot do in a corporate office environment is light candles. So I've been like, I'm working from home. I'm lighting my candle. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm, I'm, right, I'm right there with you. <laughs> I love it, I love it. Um, and then the last thing, um, which this is a huge trend right now um, in the corporate world is what you're seeing behind me, which is providing something um, in the space that's green. So biophilic elements, 
plants, whether they're real or fake, just something that reminds you of nature, um, just has a really like calming, peaceful effect. So I would also incorporate that into your workspace. Awesome. So I definitely do not miss my commute. It's about 45 minutes each way. I would much rather spend that hour and a half at home with, with my wife and kids. But I've realized that one of the benefits of having that commute is it gives me a little bit of time to either gear in as I'm getting ready to go to work or kind of wind down as I'm coming home. And while it's great to be able to walk, you know, 10 feet down the hall and, and see everyone, I'm realizing it's also harder to set boundaries to make sure that, you know, you, you're having that separation, although it's not physical, mentally that separation. Do you have any tips for that? Yeah, so I think the first thing is setting expectations with the people that you're working with about when you're working and when you're not. So we have this saying on our team um, that's actually Brene Brown saying that says, clear is kind. So being very clear about what your working hours are and when they're not. If you need to schedule a little lunch break for yourself um, and put it on your calendar so that you take that hour of lunch or if you wanna set a you know, end stop at five o'clock on your calendar that you're done working for the day, I think making sure that the other people that you work with know your work hours is really important. So that's kind of step one. And then step two is trying to have that separation time between um, work and uh, family time or work and personal time. And so for me, what that looks like is putting down my phone, shutting down my computer. My desk has um, drawers in it. And so I literally take my computer and put it in my drawer and shut oh, the drawer so okay. that you can't see it. You don't want to see it. Um, it. And so that can also be really helpful. So Emily, you've obviously done a lot of different research and like you mentioned, webinars and, and you know, kind of an expert in this field. But when it comes to a situation like this where it's practical and you're having to live it, um, give, me, give me like the best and worst things you're finding having to kind of actually go through this. Um, I think the best thing has been what I'm sure it is for a lot of people, which is just getting to spend extra time with my family. Um, I've also found that I've been more active. Um, so I've been taking a bike ride every day, which has been really great. Um, I think some of the negatives are, you know, I truly really like the people that I work with and I want to be with them. And so for me, I kind of miss having that interaction and being at the office. I find myself like, messaging my team or even messaging my boss the other day and saying, hi, what are you doing? <laughs> Just to kind of have that connection, show me a picture of your cat. Um, and so I think that uh, what, you know, hopefully we will all come out of this as truly better people, um, you know, better coworkers, better mentors, um, better bosses. Um, I truly hope and I, I do think that that will happen um, because we will have all kind of been through an experience together and I do think that that will unite us. And I think that people will remember how their leadership handled this. And I will say, you know, just from my own experience, I think our leadership has done a fantastic job of really communicating to us um, in a way that was realistic, um, clear, kind, um, and just making um, you know us realize that that we are kind of all in this together as an organization. So hopefully this won't go on too much longer because my extroverted self could really use some other people around here. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and I would love to come back and see you again in the in the office, Brandon, and run into you. So. Fair enough. <laughs> 
Well, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on with us. This has been awesome. It's been super informative for me, and hopefully it will be for other people. And uh, I'm hoping that you subscribe to the Square uh, channel and that you're able to enjoy this both in video and audio and check back in two weeks for our next episode. Thanks so much.